So we're continuing on in our series, Humans of the Bible, and today we have a special guest speaker, Mr. Steve Davis. Steve is one of our elders, and when I met Steve weeks ago when I was interviewing, one thing I noticed about Steve, he's a really good dude. I remember, come on up here, Steve. I remember when we first met, he, he welled up with tears just telling me how excited he was about what's going on here at Genesis Church, and so, man, we're so glad that you're here today, and he's got a really cool sermon on a character in the Bible that I'm not very familiar with. So really excited to learn from you today. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Jerry. Well, good morning. I am thankful to be here today. And I am so excited about five years um, at the Carmel campus next week. Uh, I am sad that I won't be with you next week. I'll be doing this in Noblesville so that Steve can be here doing this um, celebration with you. But you should know, uh, Sarah and I uh, haven't worshipped with you all here at Carmel for about three years now, and we think about you all the time. I love you guys. The work that God is doing through you all here at, at Genesis Carmel is exciting, and it's fun to think about, and so I just appreciate you, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk with you a little bit this morning as we continue Uh, in this series. And so I'll open with this question. Have you ever not been selected? Have you ever felt left out, passed over, rejected? Um, Maybe for you, like for me, maybe it was a game of Red Rover, Red Rover when you were a kid. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Stevie on over. Like I wanted to hear those words, right? And then they never happen. And so you feel rejected, or maybe it was a playground pickup game of kickball where they use that method of selecting teams where there's two captains and then they pick one kid at a time, and every single time your name is not the one called, you get that that wince of rejection. Maybe you wanted to win the student council elections. Maybe you wanted to be the homecoming queen or king. Maybe you just wanted to be nominated to be on the court. Ever apply for a college scholarship that you didn't get? Maybe you didn't make the team. Maybe like my wife, who is fantastic and wonderful and actually fairly athletic, uh, in junior high, she got cut from the junior high basketball team. And my father-in-law, knowing that this bothered her and also not having any boys and wanting someone to play some sports, he bought her a volleyball. And he uh, invited this coach from another town to come over and practice with her volleyball because volleyball tryouts were next. And so then volleyball tryouts occur, and even though she worked really hard and even though she felt just as qualified as the next gal, um, she was cut. And then maybe, like her, your father forgot to come pick you up after the tryouts, and so you're sitting on the steps outside the school in tears, and um, I imagine rain happening and, like, sad music in the background. Um... She turned out just fine, and her dad really loves her. But the hard part about rejection is when we don't get selected, normally that means that someone else does get selected. And so it's this ranking of me versus the next person, and I am less. Um, Facebook today, social media, can make this particularly painful um, because we didn't used to know when people chose to hang out without us. And now I know every time my friends get out together without me and didn't invite me, I know. And maybe they took the new neighbor out on the other side of the neighborhood. 
And there's this constant reminder of where you stand on the friend pecking order. Um, Did you ever apply for a job and not get it? Often, if that happens, they'll tell you, um, we appreciate your application, but we went with someone else. If a boyfriend or girlfriend ever broke up with you, they may have said, I just think we should see other people, not me, other people. And it's hard. And um, these childhood pains are hard, but then you become an adult and the rejection is just as bad. The only thing worse than getting rejected when you are growing up is for your kids to be rejected or your grandkids to be rejected. If they're the ones not selected, like the claws come out because it's painful to not be selected. And so um, today, we're going to learn a little bit more about a human in the Bible who did not get selected. He had a 50-50 shot at this great opportunity, and he didn't get selected. We're only going to learn a little bit about him because there's only a little bit to know. We don't know very much. Um, But before we do that, uh, pray with me, please. God, thanks for this morning. Thanks for being with us. We love you. We trust you. We confess we need you, and we all pray this morning that you would speak through me, that, that, that my words would be yours, and that between my mouth and the ears of this church, that you would intercede so that people would hear what you want them to hear. We know that you are in control, and we trust you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So if I were a little more time conscious, if I had been a little bit better preparer, and by that I mean a little earlier, uh, you would have note pages that wouldn't just be blank lines. And so I apologize for that. And one of the reasons I apologize is because I like the note pages. I like to have a blank to fill in. Sometimes I try to guess what the blanks are going to be. But, um, and so I would like for you to have something to fill in. So if you look uh, on the side screen, uh, because our tech team is awesome, they could do anything the morning of. It's amazing. Uh, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to strive to be something. I'm going to have three somethings. Uh, We're going to have an illustration, and then one more, you have been blank. So they're going to leave this up for a little while. You can write that down in your notes, or some people don't like to take notes. They just like to listen, and good for you. You could do that too. Um, We're going to go to Acts chapter 1 this morning, and we're going to start in verse 15. If you don't have Bibles with you, there are Bibles near you, And you can consider the one closest to you your gift from from Genesis, unless that's someone else's Bible, and then I can't give you that one. Um, All right. Jesus is crucified, but he doesn't stay dead. And he, he, he rises on Easter morning. And then he appears to many over the next 40 days. And then 40 days after he is crucified, he's with a bunch of his followers, and he ascends into heaven. And some angels appear, and they say, Jesus is gone, but he's going to come back the same way that he left. But, why, um, but, but right now, what I need you all to do is go wait for the helper that Jesus promised, which is the Holy Spirit. And so they go to this room and they're waiting. And that's where we pick up um, in verse 15. And the scripture says this, In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago, through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. And then in verse 20, it says, For, as, for said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, 
May his home be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and make another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 disciples. Matthias is chosen, Barsabbas is not, and we never hear the name Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, again, in all of Scripture. In fact, every time I tried to type in Barsabbas into my message notes, uh, Microsoft Spellcheck encouraged me to use Barabbas. You may remember Barabbas as the one that was released because the crowds asked for him to be released instead of Jesus uh, in the crucifixion. So I don't know how many words are in Microsoft's spell checker, but there's a bunch. And there's some names in there that you will never use. But when Microsoft drew its line of who gets included and who gets left out, even Microsoft leaves Barsabbas out. And this story, um, replacing Judas the traitor with Matthias, um, based on the outcome of the casting of lots. Uh, it raises lots of questions. And the first you might be asking this morning is, Steve, why in the world would you choose this human of the Bible? And I'll say this. I wasn't trying to pick the most obscure person I could think of. Um, I didn't lose a bet. I, I, I was reading through Acts, and the fact that he is so obscure struck me. I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. Um, I kept thinking about why he would even be mentioned in this limited amount of scripture that we have. Why even mention his name and then never talk about him again? So here we are talking about Barsabbas. Second, uh, you might ask, do we still cast lots to make decisions here at Genesis Church? And, and, and I'll say this, we do not cast lots. We like rock, paper, scissors. And um, no, we don't. We don't cast lots. And I think uh, when you look at Scripture, this is the only spot you'll see it in the New Testament, um, and they never do this again. I think the reason for that is what happens exactly next in Acts, which is the Holy Spirit arrives. And for the first time ever, instead of God placing the Holy Spirit on a person for a time, we get to invite the Holy Spirit, and He invades us and is inside us. And so from here on out, we don't have to ask the Lord to interfere in a lot casting or a game of chance thing, we can use the Holy Spirit which is in us for wisdom and discernment. That is not to say that the Lord couldn't use games of chance if he wanted to. He can do anything. I just notice that it's more likely the Holy Spirit will work through God's people, and that's, that's our role. Um, so finally, you might ask, what can we learn from the example of Joseph Barsabbas, the almost apostle. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, for starters, I think it's comforting to know that other Christians, people that spend a lot of time with Jesus, go through hard times. There is comfort in commiseration. But also, 
what we can learn from Barsabbas. Scripture says he was one of just two who were qualified for inclusion in this particular group. One of only two who had stayed with Jesus from the very beginning, from his baptism by John the Baptist and continuing through his ascension, traveling with them, eating with them. Remember, this is a good reminder for me that Jesus had a lot more than just the 12 with him throughout his ministry. And Barsabbas was one of these others, qualified for inclusion as apostle. And so the question I wonder is, what would it look like for us to strive to be qualified for use by Jesus in this way? Qualified to do what? Qualified to do what the 12 did, to serve as a witness to Christ's resurrection. That means for us to tell the story of his life and his love and how full that love was for us. So strive to be qualified. I think Barsabbas' example, even though we know so little about him, I think we know three things that he did. Um, the first is he spent time with Jesus. Scripture tells us, again, he was the one, one of just a few with him the whole time. Through hot days, through thunderstorms, through controversies with the Pharisees, he was a follower of Jesus, and that meant he spent his time getting to know the Lord. So we can do that too, right? Uh, I can study on my own the Word. It's a gift to us. It's not all that big. We can do this. We can study. We can dig in. You can do that by yourself or, like Barsabbas, you can do it in a group. And we have groups here at Genesis that you could be a part of. Um, you could form a group. If you want to get in with some people who want to know more about what Jesus was like and how to live like Him, um, come see us after the service. We can get you connected. But I don't know if you've ever been convicted about this. I get convicted of how much time I spend on other things other than Jesus. So, for example, um, I have a fairly decent commute, 45 minutes each way. Traffic's not bad in Indianapolis. I go the other way, too. I'm, I have a good commute. But I get an hour and a half in the car every day, and it's kind of wasted time. And I got a gift for Christmas, which was a membership to Audible, so I can listen to books and sort of seize my commute time for something fruitful. And, uh, and I started listening to biographies. For me, I was attracted to biographies of America's founding fathers and other influential people in our early history. Um, and, I mean, these are long biographies, 36, 40 hours, right? And so as I start to listen to these, you know how this ends when you start to get pride. I started to feel pretty proud of how much I knew about some old dead people. And uh, about the time I started to feel this pride, I was struck with this question. So how much time have you spent on these people anyway? And it was like 150 hours in just a couple months. It was like maybe three months. And I thought, I've spent a lot, like a large chunk of my life on these people. I wonder how long it would take to get through the Bible, just if, as, a, as another thing to maybe do. The answer is 75 hours. To listen to the Bible is 75 hours, less than three full days. You've got to sleep in there. I get it. But I could have been through the Bible twice. And instead, I know a lot more about some interesting people, um, but I don't know a lot more about Jesus in this, in this last three months. And so that was convicting for me. And I wondered, well, what else am I doing with my time that, that I could maybe spend getting to know the Lord? The other thing is social media for me. I don't know how much time, if you, if you were to track your time, just check in social media real quick. Just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little hour here, a little hour there. YouTube video loops, you ever got caught in one of those? A spiral that just lasts forever. 
So uh, if you were to measure this, you'll have to figure out what the right ratio is for you. But for me, it was super easy to get way out of balance. So keep track of this. Spend some time with Jesus. That doesn't mean that you can't read other books, not the Bible. It doesn't mean that social media can't be used for some really good things. But spend time with Jesus. Try and keep that in balance. Next, like Bersabbas, who allowed his name to be entered in for consideration, be willing to witness to Christ's resurrection. We can be ready we can be willing, we can be prepared to share about Christ, to be a witness to the fact that he did die and he did not stay dead. 1 Peter 3.15, I love this scripture, says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And I love that scripture, but it makes me wonder, why would anyone ask me that? Has anyone ever asked you, tell me about the reason for the hope that you have? I think they really could ask that question, but we need to give them a reason to ask. We need to actually be hopeful. Matthew 5, 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why would anyone ask me about the hope I have? Because there's something different about Christians, and it's something good different, something enticing. Christians are supposed to be salt and light, two things that make a difference in the world around them, two things you take notice of that make things better. Salt preserves and improves. It's a good thing. Light shines. And when you shine light on dark things, when you shine light on evil things, people can see them for what they are. And Last night and this morning, my social media feed has blown up about activities in Virginia. And there's this Klan rally and Nazi rally and protest and a counter-protest. And now someone has driven a, a car into a crowd of people. And there are terrible things happening in the world. And Christians are called to be salt and light. And so if we're going to shine light on dark and evil things... We can just say, let's shine light on this. Racism has no, has no place in the Christian church. It has no business here. We're called to be that. When you shine light on evil things, they go back to where they belong in the dark or they are eradicated. That's salt and light, right? So if we were different like that, maybe people would ask, man, what's different about you? And then we could be ready, like Barsabbas was ready to be a witness to the resurrection. And finally, he prayed for God's will to be done. I think this, is, uh, this would be hard for me to do. This would be hard for me to say, okay, we've got this position, and by the very nature of the position, it's going to be one that it's important. There's um, some, 
well, there's going to be some pride associated if you get this, if you get this position and are not humble about it. Um, people are going to know who you are. And so when the two people put their name in, they were willing to pray that God would search their heart and select the right one. So one way to look at this would be if, if I don't get selected, if I make this really public thing in front of 119 other people and, and God chooses someone else, God will be ranking me less than the other person. I would be tempted to think that. But the scripture says they prayed, 120 altogether. So he was willing to submit himself, trusting and obeying. And when Ben Krause taught here a couple weeks ago on Abraham, the message was about faith. And it was about obeying and believing and trusting the Lord, that that's what faith is. And if you missed that week or any week, I'm here at Genesis. This has been a fun series, Humans of the Bible. It's in our podcast. Go to our website. There's some really good messages. But they prayed about it. This is the trusting part. They trusted that God would make the right decision, and they were willing to submit to that will. So we could do those three things. Um, I would love to provide an illustration for you based on Barsabbas and Matthias about how to react when you do get the spot and how to react when you don't get the spot, but we don't have any of that in Scripture. So to find an illustration, I'm going to use a different Joseph. And if you read um, in Genesis, first book of the Bible, it closes chapters 37 through 50 with the story of Jacob and his 12 sons, one of whom was named Joseph. So Joseph had these 11 brothers, and Jacob loved Joseph more than he loved any of his other sons. And um, I know this is weird, but Jacob wanted the world to know that he had a favorite son. So I don't know if any of your parents, and if you would ever admit that you have a favorite child, you're not supposed to admit that. And you're really not supposed to tell everyone else that, but that's what Jacob did. He told everyone in the world, I love Joseph more, so I'm going to give him this coat that makes him stand out. And uh, the brother's reaction was to take matters into their own hands. So they throw Joseph in a well. They sell him into slavery. They tell his father that he's dead. And then they go on living life like nothing ever happened. So I think that's a fairly dramatic example of how not to react when you don't get the position. Right? Don't force your will upon the opportunity. And then there's Joseph. And Joseph responds to being thrown in the well, sold into slavery, wrongfully accused, and then eventually thrown in prison. He responds fairly well. I imagine when he's in prison, he's wondering to himself, why did God choose me for this role? Like, I like the other role better, the one that my brothers got, where they get to hang out with dad and have a nice, happy life. I like that role better. And in fact, I'm more qualified for that role because I didn't do what they did to me to anybody. I imagine he thought those things. But when his big opportunity arrives and he gets the chance to secure his freedom by interpreting a dream for the Pharaoh, he says, I can't do it, but God can. And if God chooses to use me this way, I could interpret your dream. And in this case, God does choose that. He does allow Joseph to interpret this dream. The Pharaoh appreciates it, puts Joseph in charge of many things, and seriously, he lives happily ever after. He gets reconciled with his family. He gets to see his father again. It's an amazing story. You should read it. Um, that summary is too short. So the brothers are an example of how not to react. Joseph is your illustration of how to um, react. If this hasn't happened to you, it will. There will be a time 
when you are not selected for something that you want. And when it does, maybe that illustration will help. Maybe it will help you to know what we do know of the end of Barsabbas's story. So according to Christian tradition, that is not scripture, but based on um, church historians, early church historians who were tasked with figuring out who went where and what they were up to, uh, we think that Barsabbas was the bishop of Eleutheropolis, a fairly important city in Rome, where he died as a martyr for the faith. He is now known by the Catholic Church as Saint Justice of Eleutheropolis, a man who drank poison without farm or without harm, without farm. That's funny. He drank poison without harm. He was imprisoned by Nero for his faith. He was released when a vision of Paul came to Nero and begged for the release. And every year on July 20th, the Catholic Church, so just a few weeks ago, the Catholic Church celebrates Saint Joseph Barsabbas for having been chosen by God for a very large role in the early church and for the lives that he impacted by leading to Jesus. He was chosen. He was selected for a great role. Not the one maybe he originally thought. So let me close with this. First, be like Barsabbas. Strive to be qualified to be a witness to the resurrection by spending time with Jesus, digging into his word, talking to him, listening for him every day, by being willing to serve as a witness, a ready, willing, and prepared witness for him, and to pray for his will to be done and to truly mean it. And that requires faith to trust God because his will might be different than mine, but I'm going to pray it anyway. And finally, remember this. You have been chosen. You have been selected for a much bigger role. That role is this, to be a child of God. Romans 8, 14 says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him, we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children of His, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So if we can remember this, if I could remember this, it still may be that I don't get selected for the job that I want. You still might have hard things happen. You may not become a bishop of an important city. There may never be a CEO position. It may still sting every time a lot. But you've been selected. You were not rejected by the only one who really matters because he called, he chose, he selected you. When I remember that, it helps me hold opportunities with open hands, um, knowing that I am his adopted heir. I, I'm chosen. I get to spend eternity with him. We get to spend eternity as his children. So with a perspective like that, like Joseph Barsabbas, we can say, God, search our hearts. Take the situation into your will. Orchestrate this as you desire because I'm your child and I trust you and I love you. So let's pray that together right now. Lord, we are thankful for you. We're thankful for your word. 
even the parts of it that we skim over for years and don't remember. Thank you, Lord, for arranging opportunities, for selecting us for the role that you need us to be in. Thank you, God, that you will provide the faith we need. We, we confess we're sometimes short on that, but we will pursue you. Be with this church. Be with your people. We love you, Lord. We need you and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name today that we pray. Amen.